This episode of the B3 Today is brought to you by Sensible Waste Consulting. 812-787-3598, sensiblewaste.com. If you spend two grand a month or more on your waste and recycling removal, you cannot afford not to contact Sensible Waste Consulting. The B3 Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio. B3 today, got a good one for you today. I'm glad you tuned in. We'll talk about the Hoosiers win last night over the Wyoming Cowboys. And then Voice of the Vikings, Mike DeCourcy, has an interview with Bellarmine Basketball, former Bar Eve star Kurt Hope. He's going to talk about uh, getting left out of the, the tournament. And a great interview by my man, Deco and, uh, and Kurt. We appreciate him doing that. Uh, got the big show on Thursday. We're going to uh, tape that tonight. And then Friday, Look, still looking to get Coach Wearsba on. So uh, look forward to that. Back to the Hoosiers last night. It was a game that my son and I looked at each other at one point and said, my God, it feels like Indiana's up 20. And they were up five. <laughs> um, it, it, was a, it was a strange game. First, we tweeted out. It looked like they're playing with an outdoor ball. The color of the ball was driving me crazy. I, I couldn't decide if it looked like an outdoor ball or a Nerf ball, but uh, that was that was weird, and it bounced like one because neither team could make anything for a long time. I told you what my bets were. Uh, I won two out of three, so not bad. Uh, hit Hoosiers uh, given the four. Uh, had the money line Indiana halftime full-time lead. Won that one, lost the 29 and a half first half points by Wyoming, and and they made it closer than what it appeared they were going to. My goodness, they did get going a little bit late. Um, but I noticed uh, they crossed the 29 and a half point line uh, two and a half minutes into the second half. But um, that was a game of, like I said, it, it was w- a weird game. It first of all, it seemed like IU was up more than they were, but. I was shocked when I saw that Maldonado led Wyoming in scoring with 21 points. Um, it felt like that EK, who I called Ike on the show yesterday, um, it felt like he was scoring every single time down the court. I can't, I didn't even fathom that someone else led them in scoring. So um, that was weird. Uh, Thompson and Parker Stewart, Race Thompson, uh, he might as well have been kicking it off a tee toward the basket, and and Parker Stewart wasn't much better um, in just terrible clanking shots after clanking shots. They've got to get Galloway involved more. I thought Geronimo came in, did a great job, had 15 off the bench. Um, They've got to get him in the rotation. Got to get Cop scoring. If Cop doesn't start hitting some outside shots, boy, they're going to have a hard time. But I thought uh, Geronimo, I thought Galloway, Jackson Davis obviously had 29, and Xavier Johnson. I thought they looked real good. Got to find somewhere, and I don't know if it, it's going to have to be Galloway probably. Galloway and Geronimo. Um, Woody can't keep giving Thompson and Stewart those kind of minutes playing that kind of basketball. But uh, So on, on to uh, Portland for uh, Thursday's game. Beat St. Mary's, and then uh, hopefully we'll play UCLA most likely on Saturday. So, But, hey, you can't play the second and third game until you play the first one. Good win for the Hoosiers. 
And uh, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with my man, Voice of the Vikings, Mike DeCourcy, and his fantastic discussion with Kurt Hope of Bellarmine Basketball. Hey, if your company spends two grand or more a month on your waste and recycling removal bills, you're probably paying too much. 20 to 40% is what we see on almost every company. You know why? Because your contracts don't protect you from price spikes. Your service levels are completely wrong for what you need. Your contracts allow you to be charged those silly ancillary fees that waste companies love. How much could a free waste audit save you? Hard to tell. But if you go to sensiblewaste.com or you call 812-787-3598, let's do a 10-minute discovery call and see if we're a good fit. Doesn't cost you a penny if they don't save you money on the contracts you've already signed or the ones going forward. Let us take a look. Sensible Waste Consulting, sensiblewaste.com, 812-787-3598. Stop overpaying on your waste and recycling. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! And he's not Ric Flair, but he is having a hard time holding these alligators down, and it's very rarely you get to uh, know somebody who, who not only becomes known maybe locally or statewide, but in, in the case of our next uh, guest, somebody who, who has been known nationally, at least this year, and that is a uh, 2021 Bar-Eve graduate, uh, 2021 state champion, and now Division One college basketball player. I'd say Montgomery's own, but we're going to call you Candleberg's own, Kurt Hope. How are we doing, Curtis? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, so I'm at my desk in uh, Montgomery, Indiana. You are in the locker room on the campus of beautiful uh, Bellarmine University. How, how is Bellarmine? Uh, we'll, we'll get to the basketball stuff, but the, the, the school side of things, the, uh, you know, I, I know it's a place where you, you, you felt really, really comfortable early, and, and uh, it, it seems like uh, that comfort, just uh, your professors, your classrooms, getting to know people, seems like it's a pretty comfortable spot for you. Right, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get talked about enough. It's off the court. I mean, going into the classes, the teachers have been incredible dealing with the players because I'm sure it's very frustrating having these guys, you know, miss out on weeks of school at a time on the road. And they've been incredible dealing with this, putting our classwork online. It's been awesome. Small class sizes, which is incredible for, you know, personal learning. Yeah, personal relationships with the teachers. and They're all good people, so. A so, lot of good relationships were built in the classroom. I mean, are any of the teachers, are, are, are they as good as the one that gave you the um, uh, Government Student of the Year Award last year <laughs> by chance? I, I haven't won any academic awards, so I can't say that. <laughs> by, by the time the academic rally was over last year at Bar-Eve, you know, a lot of people said you had so much bling on your neck, you, you, you looked like Mr. T. So, you know, you didn't just get it done on the court, you got it done in the classroom. So, uh, first semester grades, I mean, I, maybe you don't want to blare your GPA, but everything going all right? No, yeah, I mean, it's been fine. Being on the road, mate, like, as much as they work with us, it is much harder to actually 
do school and be able to focus while you're in a hotel in Las Vegas. But, you know, we do the best with what we can. And so far, I haven't been doing too terrible. Well, listen, you're going to sit here and talk to me about being in a hotel room in Vegas, and I ain't feeling sorry for you, not even a little bit. So <laughs> so there's that. No, we got a few things to talk to you about today here on the uh, on the B3 podcast. And, uh, and obviously, I, before we get to probably what anybody wants to hear about, we had an interview earlier this year. But, uh, you know, Kurt, you, you broke into the starting lineup, I think, about the second game of the season or the third game of the season. And I was just running down through the list. And very rarely do you get somebody from, from small-town southern Indiana. But in the first, you know, five games of your college career, you had Gonzaga, you had UCLA, you had Purdue, and you had St. Mary's. And all of those teams are seated very highly uh, in the NCAA tournament. What was it like starting out? And is there in, just of, of those four teams, is there any uh, one thing that, that, that stuck out, maybe a, a common theme? Or, or, or what was it like? Just, you know, just give us your thoughts. I mean, that is a grinder to start your career. Right. It was, I'll say, quite the experience. I mean, we started out, I believe we played St. Mary's before any of those. And we played well. I mean, we came within nine points. You know, we thought they were a really good team. It was a great experience to be down there in Cali. But, I mean, we played them, and as we come to find out, almost like almost half a year later, they end up beating Gonzaga right. uh, in the regular season. And, you know, I mean, that just speaks to the level of competition that we were playing how well we were competing with them. Right. And we go on, you know, to play the top three in you know, Purdue, UCLA, all that. And all I can say is the experience levels that I gained from that have been – unreal i can't i come in when i like when i first started it was like i yeah like you said second or third game i come in you know i'm a little nervous you know but i mean i've been playing basketball my entire life so you know you try to limit those nerves as a player and i come in and play those teams and as the season goes on every other every other game that we played from then on i had an unbelievable sense of confidence after playing guys that somebody is about to be most likely picked number one overall in the NBA draft playing against guys <laughs> like that like I know that if I can at least somewhat compete with them you know going forward I can at least compete with the guys we're about to play right and it just overall that whole experience it's been incredible I've been beyond blessed I I mean I can't thank God enough for everything he's done for me but along with the experience I mean just a good time, really. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned that when we were, you know, last year, over a year ago, when you were trying to narrow your college choices down and, and you kept going back to Bellarmine. And one of the selling points, there's a lot of people who duck teams like this. And, and I'm not talking individuals, but, you know, you see so many college teams that have, you know, really poor non-conference schedules. And, and you just said, you know, my first, my first three weeks of, of, of my career, I get to play – here, 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 you know, and it was just like that. That was something that your eyes lit up about, uh, you know, over a year ago. Right. I mean, no, you just don't hear about that opportunity to play the, on those type of stages, that high quality of teams ever really in college basketball. Like we were the first college team in history to play one, two and three in November. So, I mean, we're on the record books now more than once, which is an incredible opportunity for us. But Another thing is I think Bellarmine is very similar to Bar Reeve in a lot of ways is we may be a lot smaller than teams, but we're not afraid to play anybody. Right. I mean, we're, I mean, we're looking to play the best of the best. Um, and, and I know it, it's been three months ago 
when you've played those teams. But if you had to pick one that you saw early on and you're like, that's the team that I think can win the national championship. If you had to pick one of those four, uh, who, who would you pick? I got to pick Gonzaga. Okay. I got, I got to. I mean, it sounds basic almost, but, you know, Purdue is really solid. A lot of people are riding high on them. But And don't get me wrong, they're a great team, but I just think that Gonzaga is in a different level. Yeah. And that's where, you know, being the number one overall seed, it's not like you're making, the, you know, crazy claims. I mean, you know, yeah. Gonzaga, obviously, but all those teams seated in the top five. Well, Curtis, now we're going to get into um, kind of, I think, what a lot of people – and and we get downloads now from uh, thousands a week from from all parts of the state, but now the Midwest even a little bit. And and I think uh, this is what a lot of people want to hear about. And it's it's one thing to see it on Sports Center or to see it on social media like Twitter. It's another thing to hear it uh, kind of coming from inside the locker room. Uh, but but as we start here, I'll, I'll just kind of run down the list. As you are being recruited to Bellarmine. And I think when they were transitioning to D1, I think anybody with a brain knew what a great coach uh, Scott Davenport was. I mean, his reputation preceded him. And I think a lot of people knew Bellarmine would be really good really fast. Um, but when you were being recruited, what did they tell you about the opportunity, the possibility of playing in the NCAA tournament at some point in your career? Right. Base, I mean, they didn't really say much, just they told us about the rule, right? Yeah. So I kind of like did a little math, you know, it'd be probably my senior year until I could actually play in the tournament, which, you know, as unfortunate as it is, I mean, you just, you just got to face it. And I didn't think it'd become this quickly, honestly. Right. When you sit back and you talk about it, it's a whole other story than when you actually do it. Right. I mean, we talk about winning and, you know, we being denied and, you know, oh, you know, that kind of sucks, but when it comes down to it and we actually win and we actually get denied and it ma and it makes the news, it's a lot harder to deal with, but it, it's brought up a lot of attention to the university. It's really been a good exposure for us. Right. Yeah. And, and when, when coach Davenport and I know his son's on the staff and, and getting to know some of those guys just a little bit when they've been up here or just some Twitter interactions, uh, did they ever mention anything about, Hey, you know, we, we, we think there's a chance that this rule might be changed because so many you've got the NIL now you've got the transfer portal you've I mean it's I'm not gonna say it's the wild west but it's pretty freaking close um you know did, did they ever mention or has anybody mentioned you know hey you know this kind of sucks right now but the, the, there's a shot that they go back and revisit this thing because of situations like this yes we actually did talk about that before we won before all this you know craziness has been going down yeah uh, we talked earlier in the year about how there's a potential vote going to go on to see if we can shorten the uh, period by about two years. Right. Which, yeah, so we talked about that earlier on, almost in the summer, I want to say. Right. And then as it comes on, and then as, you know, the year goes on after we win and everything, the talks got a lot heavier and it brought a lot of attention. And now people are almost demanding for that rule to at least be changed or completely nullified, whichever one. Right. And that's, you know, a lot of what I've heard has been – uh, you know, it is going to be shortened, but hey, who knows? And and that's uh, that's part of the game. But uh, so obviously, you know, talk about your conference tournament. And and you know, I think a lot of people, when when you look at the standings, I know everybody in Montgomery, you know, who follows your your career, not just Montgomery, but in the area, knew that you know Bellarmine had a chance to win the Atlantic Sun tournament. You probably weren't the favorite going in, 
But it all you you also weren't one of those teams who you, people looked at and said you had no shot. I mean, there was always this possibility. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do think that people believed in us. And I mean, maybe not to win it because I mean we had teams like Liberty coming in, and you know Jacksonville State is a really good team. Both very solid teams, and everybody else really kind of in that mid level, kind of where we were expected to be are really good teams. They're all really solid. Yeah, and the ASUN is a, I think, is a pretty underrated conference right. skill level, and as you know from like sectionals in high school, where every team is a battle. You know, every team knows each other. It's very high competition levels. That's kind of the way it is with ASUN here. Is like, no matter what level you are, it's gonna be a good game. You know. Yeah. If you're on the bottom seed. Or, I mean, if you're on the top seed, it's going to be a battle to the end. And we just kind of had the mentality of, like, no matter who we play, we're going to battle, right? Yeah. So why not give it everything? Every game doesn't matter if they're supposed to win it. So you, you work through the tournament. You get the championship game at Freedom Hall in Louisville, just a historic gym. That's your home gym. It's where the Bellarmine Knights play now. There's been <laughs> everything there from, you know, uh, NCAA championship games and just so many big events. But you get it in your home gym, great uh, great crowd. You come out with a great start, hit a bunch of threes in the first half. And uh, and obviously you end up – you're on ESPN, you're on national television, you end up taking care of and winning the game. What's the feeling like when you win? But there's also got to be a little bit of a – I don't know, maybe an empty or a hollow feeling, knowing that uh, maybe this is where the road stops. Right. You, uh, you bring up a great point. I mean, after we won, oh, my goodness, that night was a dream. It just – I would just sit there. Just uh, just alone, I would just sit there for a minute and just – we really did that. Yeah. You know, this is this is real life. We're making we're making history here. So that was a part of it. Um, when they rushed the floor, it was incredible atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, incredible. There is – I couldn't tell you how many people. Quite I mean, quite a few thousand. And when they rushed the floor – and I mean, it was, it might've been one of the hottest things I've ever been in was being in the middle of that circle. <laughs> it was, I had to get out after about five minutes. I had to start shoving people. What, what was it hotter than the last day at universal studios last year when it was oh, 98 degrees outside and we had to wear masks everywhere? I'll tell you, no, it wasn't going to give me a sunburn now, I mean, <laughs> but it, it was pretty up there. Oh, <laughs> but man. back to the kind of like the feeling of emptiness. I mean, I don't think it's really set in yet because, I mean, as soon as we were finished, I haven't really – I took the first day off, and after that I haven't really taken a day off, kind of been in the gym. We haven't really been practicing because we were kind of waiting to see, and, you know, you're supposed to have a couple of days off after the season. So I've just been – all of us, really. I've seen a lot of players come in and work out for a couple of hours at a time. It just really hasn't set in yet. And um... – so you win the tournament, you you don't get to go to the big dance, but man, I you you became a social let Bellerman play, let Bellerman dance. You became a social media trend all over, you know, Twitter and Instagram, and you know I saw it on uh, CBS Sports and ESPN and, and you know, all this stuff. Um, did did you have, did you guys have any interactions or or maybe messages sent to you guys from famous people or famous players where you're like, holy crap, I am just a a small town kid, and you know the one that I saw was was Jay Billis, who I just I think he's synonymous with basketball and ESPN. 
But yeah. is is there anybody that that was notable that you guys heard from where you're like, holy cow, that people are really paying attention to this? Yeah, definitely. De- there was some definitely high profile kind of people. Jay Billis was a great um, great part in that. He actually came or he had took a video before the game and was telling people, you know, come down to Freedom Hall, cheer on the Knights. You know, it's going to be a great game. So we already knew that Jay Billis had our back. Right. And after the game, he, you know, he tweets out, you know, kind of like the let us play, blah, blah, blah. Incredible, right? Right. So we see Jay Billis is one of the first ones kind of tweeted out. Later on, we see Dick Vitale right <laughs> on his board. <laughs> Bellerman is doing a fantastic job with Scott Davenport, you know. Right. Later t- tweets out again, you know, let Bellerman play. It's We're just sitting back. We're like, this is actually happening. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Sports Center tweeted out, you know, the twenty. <laughs> it's been twenty five years. Like, I don't know if it was we were the first or if we were the second, but whichever one, it was twenty five years for something. They tweeted out, uh, who else? The PTI that show yeah. where they, you know, they discussed we're the second topic, talking <laughs> about how the rule was ridiculous. Uh, ESPN, uh, Fox News Sports, CBS Sports, like you said. And just a bunch of news anchors were just talking about this is ridiculous. And there is one show that I can't remember. The guy was, I mean, pretty outraged by it, saying it was a ridiculous rule. I mean, all the news sources had our back, really. Right. It was an incredible experience. And everybody had been tweeting out. I mean, the mayor of Louisville was on our side, too. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we're definitely not short of high-profile people. Yeah. so after that, I, I think the real gut punch in all of this, to me, Kurt, and, and I'll let you, and, and obviously we chatted a little bit before we hit record here, but I think the real gut punch in this wasn't the NCAA tournament. I mean, it sucks, and we kind of knew the score coming into the, the situation, but I think the real gut punch was the NIT. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. We knew we weren't going to make the big dance. You know, we had we had hopes that we could possibly change that or, you know, to make it somehow. But in reality, we knew. But right. we were told that we were going to make the NIT. And that's I mean, I believe that's what the A-Sun told us before, because as far as they knew, that's that was the idea. And we went in and we won and we're like, all right, you know, we won't make it. We'll still we'll we'll plead our case for sure. But right. I mean, at least we're going to the NIT. We come to find out, like, I believe the next morning or the morning after, hey, you can't go to there either. I mean, the rule still applies for the NIT, and it's ridiculous. It turns out the uh, NCAA bought the NIT a little while back, but they didn't buy the WNIT. So the women's team, if they were to make it, they could go Yeah. to the NIT, but apparently the men's can't, which is just, yeah, it was a real kick in the gut to find that out. Yeah. So obviously, um, the thought was, you know, you've got that third tournament, the CBI, the College Basketball Invitational, and uh, the seniors on 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 your team they made a, a a pretty bold statement. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so the idea was we were probably going to go to the CBI before we knew that we. That, I mean, before we won, we had the idea that it was going to be the CBI. But after we won, we decided. You know, I think it's this as the seniors played for all of us, it's NIT or nothing. Yeah. You know, so we, I mean, we were either going to play in these big tourneys or, you know, we're not playing, trying to make a bit of a statement. And 
you know, they're not letting us in. So I guess as of now, without any further, you know, news, I guess we're done for the season. So you're done. You mentioned before we got on, you're, you're sitting in the Bellarmine locker room right now. You're getting ready to go get a workout in. Uh, what, what's next for Kurt Hope? Uh, uh, you know, you had a great freshman season. He started basically every game but a couple. Uh, you know, you're, you're playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game as a freshman on a, on a conference champion who in any other year would be going to the NCAA tournament. But I know you, you're, you're constantly looking to, to add to your game. First thing I'll, I'll say is, you know, every time I – we got a chance to watch this year. You you look and and a lot of people don't know this. You look way healthier than you ever did your you know your senior year of high school. Not a lot of people knew about the broken foot and the horse cream and everything else that we had <laughs> you know, going on to keep you on the floor. Uh, but uh, you you look healthy. But but what's next? What do you add to your game? What do you what do you look at and go, man? This is something I I got to come back into next season and I got to do better than this year. Right. I definitely. So I figured out that. Being in college longer really does help. You know, go, uh, being a freshman, you don't know all the tricks. You know, you come from a high school basketball where you never know if you're going to play some really good team or, you know, some team that you really don't have to try in. But going into this, playing guys that are bigger than me almost every game. I mean, I had a stretch where not a single game was – I played a guy that was shorter than 6'10", had at least 20, 30 pounds on me. And you just really you got to be smarter. I mean, you gotta you gotta work harder, and you gotta be a lot smarter. So definitely, the work ethic after the season has to be huge. I plan on definitely grinding it out all summer. You know, getting shots up, lifting weights, very heavy, trying to get prepared for next season. And I definitely think um, working on the hook shot is gonna be huge. The hook shot, all right. Yeah, I think that's a big a big part of the game that I can improve on. Um, I took a lot of them during the season, a lot more than I've ever taken in my life. Right. And it's, you know, it's proved to be definitely a lot more successful than going right into them. So, yeah. So they're a lot longer. So I think the hook shot could be huge. Um, yeah. Just working on little things, fine tuning like handles and everything, consistent shooting. Yeah. Uh, at, at the end of the season, I started shooting a lot better and every, uh, like free throws and three pointers and, just consistent shooting is a huge thing. So getting on the gun and working on that all summer, it's going to be big. Um, well, before we wrap this up, I think everybody wants this question answered, Kurt. <laughs> Have you made a million dollars in NIL money yet? <laughs> Have you made a dollar uh, in NIL money yet? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so I, I tell you, I wish I do. Yeah. No. Nah. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the next time I'm Louis in Louisville, you know, Kurt Hope, you know, being on a billboard for like a Buick dealership is going to be a thing. <laughs> so, hey, <I'll, laughs> that'd be, that'd be pretty incredible. Uh, well, well, Curtis, any, uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, I just appreciate you having me on today. Well, Hey, anytime. And, and we'll check back in with you. And, and, uh, I, you know, a lot of people think this is the end, but. As, uh, as Coach Thompson said the week that you guys won, and it's not the end, it's the beginning of a, of what's going to be a good run for Bellarmine. The recruiting's obviously ticking up, and, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to keep following it. So, Absolutely. I appreciate that. All right, Kurt, thanks a lot, and, uh, and we will catch you down the road. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. That will wrap up another B3 today. Interesting listening to Kurt's uh, – 
viewpoint, the insider viewpoint. So good job by Deco in that interview. We appreciate, as always, you listening to the B3 today. The B3 Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio.